Hi, this is Bill Crystal. Now that Barack Obama's finally gone, can we get rid of one more thing? The Substandard Podcast? This edition of The Substandard is brought to you by Audible. Kyrgyzstan is not part of the food court. Well, of course it is. The food court is downstairs. The cookie stand is upstairs. It's not like we're talking quantum physics here. The cookie stand counts as an eatery. The eateries are part of the food court. Bullshit. Eateries that operate within the designated square downstairs qualify as food court. Anything outside of said designated square is considered an autonomous unit for mid-mall snacking. Now, if you're going to wax intellectual about the subject, holy I'll be the new champion of the WWE. And what you going to do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world destroy you? Hello and welcome back to The Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you all that The Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Leave a review. Many of you have and we are grateful. In fact, one recent reviewer uh, named L. Ryeth Zool who calls us, quote, the only podcast that makes for better listening while running than 90s power ballads. How do you like that? That sounds accurate. I am definitely uh, more pleasing to listen to than, uh, I, w- I don't even know what that would be. Would that be like Whitney Houston? What, are, what 90s power like ballads. 90s power I, I was going to say like cake, going the distance. That's, that's how is that a power ballad? That's not. That's just it. a song <laughs> from the 90s. You know you what, I, you know what I, you I listen to? You don't even know. I like personally. Like Meatloaf. I think like Meatloaf. Uh, like, uh, the, I won't go there. That's yeah, like I, 90s. Yeah. That's definitely 90s. No, the, uh, the uh, power, I won't do that. I would do anything for love, but I. Is Th- that is definitely 91 or I'll 92. I'll that. You guys talk. Yes, I personally like to run to uh, You're the Best Around from the Karate Kid yes. by uh, Joe Bean Esposito. Yeah. I like to think of myself as uh, Billy Zabka in that movie. So but You are very much that way. You're definitely a Cobra Kai. A 100. I would 100% be a Cobra Kai. But I'd be like one of the sniveling Cobra Kais. Like the, the like, yeah, do it, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Put That's him in a body me. bag. Put him in a body bag. The one, the one who apologizes after the uh, I low would blow. never remember apologize. that one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Remember he yeah. says well, that? Well, yeah, he like sweeps the leg. Yeah, that's when he yeah, does yeah, that. yeah, that's he's right. like, I'm that's sorry, funny. Johnny. I'm s- that I would never apologize. 1993. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. And Sonny Bunch was right. Everyone on this show tries to correct me. They're like, that's not from that year. That's not that. And I, I'm always right. I Yes, I had a feeling I was going to I was going to challenge you on that one. Also, I'd like to point out, uh, with the last episode, we hit a true. I don't know if you noticed this, guys, but uh, we had uh, passed a real milestone: ten episodes. Woo! Ta-da! No chance we make it to eleven. <laughs> can we put a chromium cover on this episode to really? <laughs> uh, I have a variant uh, yeah, edition we, of this. I, you episode, know what? I, I didn't you tell you this. Study, I, did, I forgot to tell you this. The Criterion Collection. Mm. Is going to put the first ten episodes Excellent. as part of their special. Are we going to do? Are we, we going to do an audio commentary for our podcast? Yes. That oh, would be, I, I really think that. No, would, Zach Snyder's doing that it. That would be. <laughs> Zach Snyder's going to do a commentary on our podcast. <laughs> Holy that would be. Awesome. I know, right? So, hey, mark that down. You got to bleep that. Yeah, no, I think that's okay. People say that on Can TV. You? Yeah, TV. That, 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 really? That's my, yeah, they do. Do they, they do. say it on Netflix? Uh, Mad Men. Mad Men. That's allowed. Uh, okay, so. Uh, how are we, gentlemen? Uh, Jonathan, how are you? How was I'm your so weekend? Great. Tell me about it. I'm What's going so on? Great. I'm wearing a brand new pair of socks today. 
which just makes everything better. And I got a little email from the fine people at the United Parcel Service telling me that they just dropped off a couple more pairs of Prana jeans at my house out in the wilds of Virginia, which I got on the Prana garage sale. Uh, so just awesome. I'm really, really psyched. Did, did, I can't wait these to like, wear these new jeans. Are, the, are these great. like the leather ones straight from the Italian factory, from the Prada factory? No, these, are the ones you, people go, these are the ones for people who do, go outdoors. Do they match your purse? Are they, these are the ones uh, for people who actually go outside okay. and go up mountains and do things with like, their bodies I, in the outdoors look, where there is non-climate controlled does, does air. Does Prana share your like email with other people subscribing? You get like annoying emails now from Playtex and places like that. <laughs> or Gucci? Do you get do you get the emails from Gucci? And, When's the last time uh, either of you were outside? Why would I ever experience the I don't outdoors? Like, I don't like the outside. Why? Here's I, I the, you, the outside. you don't seem to understand that the outdoors is where uh, where you go to die. You like go and you die there. That's no. what happens in the outdoors. No, Sonny. It's where you go to live. Ugh. You know what? I saw the Blair Witch Project. Don't go outdoors. Yeah, don't go outdoors. Terrible. Some of us who like to go up mountains, who like to head out into the wilds where there are bears and pitch a tent and make fires and carry knives. and stuff. I I pitched a tent. I I pitched a tent. I didn't have to go outside. (laughs) Why would I want to be somewhere near a giant uh, murderous grizzly bear? That sounds terrible. I would I, w- I would love to do all these things. I read your you know great piece in the st- great piece in the standard uh, about going out there uh, to Yellowstone. I'm just allergic to air, so that's my minor problem. Fine, fine. Yeah. I will just enjoy my new jeans, which are awesome. And people who like jeans should go and buy the did, Prana did, jeans. Prana did, Axiom. Did 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 Buzz Bissinger write about these jeans when he was talking about his? Uh, <laughs> you know, these a, are two totally different things. I'm addiction not to leather, leather, ridiculous pants. Do, do you get the I'm one with or without the cod pieces? That's what I want to know. Do you get the ones that have like the zippers on the side, so you don't you don't actually have to like squeeze into them? You can just there's also just a zipper on the back. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, Sonny, you must be thrilled after <laughs> last night's game, Green Bay. Uh, I last night, Vic, you mean Sunday's yeah, game? Sun- Sunday's oh, oh, game. Wait, excuse me. Uh, I will be honest. I thought I might be having a mild stroke. Uh, I was very short of breath, and the heart palpitations were uh, very real. Uh, I-, I was just sad that I did not have a can of Lombardi. A brewing company uh, beer to to drink while I, I we are apparently a can of what we are apparently big in the Wisconsin uh, uh, North Dakota market um, Lombardi uh, I got a very as a in very, Vince yeah as in Vince I got a very nice uh, text message from the Lombardi Brewing uh, uh, Empire um, that uh, I should enjoy a Lombardi beer. Unfortunately, I can't because it's not available in D.C. or Northern Virginia. But if you live in Wisconsin or North, Dak- North Dakota, check out Lombardi. Does Lombardi ship beer across state lines? I don't I don't know. I I'm wonder not, if they I'm can ship to of, Washington, D.C. I'm not in charge thereabouts. of thereabouts. That anyway. would be exciting yes. if they sent it to Virginia. We would totally drink it live on the air. And talk about it yeah. incessantly. Uh, if you don't mind, I have to uh, start off our show with some sad news. I was reading this in Forbes, that women's apparel chain, The Limited, on Sunday, whenever that Sunday was, uh, January 9th, (laughs) began closing closing all 250 of its stores across the United States and is slashing 4,000 jobs. And this is uh, uh, their official statement said, in an increasingly challenging environment for mall-based retail and women's apparel, 
We are very disappointed that the company has had to make the difficult decision to close its retail locations. Uh, Forbes goes on to explain that bankruptcy in the last uh, two years uh, has, has claimed the lives of Aeropostal, Pacific Sun, American Apparel, and Wet Seal. And what is more, mall anchors Macy's and Sears are closing hundreds of stores amid large scale, uh, large sales uh, declines. This is a, a terrible thing that's happening in this country. Wouldn't you agree? Sunny. Sunny. Uh, I was never really a mall rat. Most of my most of my uh, happy experiences with malls revolve around the movie mall rats not actually going to malls i i i'm a i'm a little bit younger than you as as listeners of the substandard know um so i was not really into the whole i also didn't grow up in the garbage state of new jersey oh, so i'm oh, i'm oh. uh i'm like shots fired i'm i'm not really one of these people who would go to the mall and just kind of hang out when i went to the mall i had like a discreet shopping agenda <laughs> i was like i want i want to buy this cd or i need to get some new prada jeans in and out to in go like 20 my, minutes to go with my yeah. gucci uh sweater so what did so, you do with your time yeah that's weird i, I would what, <laughs> what I, else I, do you do except yeah, for go I, to the mall i, I, I would go i would see movies in movie theaters and i would go hang out in friends basements uh and we would we no, would we would watch me. tv oh. and play board games because we were big winners. oh okay big winners. Well, I, I that sounds totally better than being at a mall <laughs> <laughs> i would go to the mall to find the board games to bring home that's i don't understand i don't here's that's what i've never quite understood what's the point of going to the mall uh, just to hang out. What is the appeal of this? Can you explain, right. Jonathan, Jonathan? Jonathan, last. Can you explain to me? You're from Jersey. Your parents aren't there. the The mall is like this cornucopia of delights, and there are no rules, and there's no supervision. And you can do whatever you want. And so every Saturday at about 10 a.m., my best friend Chris and I would get dropped off at the mall, and we'd stay there until we were picked up at like 7 p.m. And in the course of this, the first thing we would do is go to the Great American Cookie Company and order a cookie cake. Because for like $12, you could get a giant sheet cake made of chocolate chip cookie, which was, I don't know, 45,000 calories for 12 bucks. And we would then go and roam the mall. We'd go to KB Toys. Oh, same here. Go into KB and we'd just go to the clearance aisle and get whatever plastic toy guns they had for like $2 that were there. In the bin. Right, in the bin that would shoot like little foam darts or little discs, whatever, and we'd then run around shooting each other through the mall all afternoon long. We would see a movie at some point. We would go to Tower Records. Chris would buy whatever the latest new hipster CDs were because Chris was into hipster music even before hipster music existed. And uh, and then after you've gone and seen like The Princess Bride or some great movie, then you go oh, to the Great full. American Cookie Company to pick up your cake and you sit and make yourself <laughs> sick eating like super warm, gooey chocolate chip sheet cake for like 45 minutes. And you could eat the whole thing. Then you go to the arcade oh, and then your parents pick you it. up eventually and you have to go home. And then you do it again on Sunday. But on Sunday, the mall doesn't open until noon. Keep this in show notes, Jonathan. You can put this in show notes. Uh, there is a uh, video somebody has put together on YouTube of AMC. You remember the, uh, not AMC, General Cinemas, rather. General yes. Cinemas. And they had this great, um, very distinct opening. They had that song, da 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 right? And they do a whole thing of General Cinemas from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And it's, it'll transport you back to that golden age of malls. But that's, that is my adolescence. I would say yeah. this was every weekend Same. between the ages of 13 and 17, because in Jersey you don't get your license until 17. And then after 17, 
everything changed. Chris got his license first and had a car and we could go and do things. Mm. But uh, but that was like that's life. Like, well, how else do you go through your teen years except by going to the mall? I don't. I, I frankly, none of this makes sense. By the time I was uh, uh, a you know consumer with funds of my own to spend on things, I was going to like. The kind of outdoor, you know, the outdoor malls, like not really strip the centers. strip, not really town the strip centers, malls, but like the yeah, town the town center yeah. where yes. where you have Which you very have, nice, where you have your Best Buy next to your Barnes and Noble, and then you have borders. to walk outside, right, right, and you walk to... outside, and and you know those are similar but different, I think, because with the mall, right, where everything is indoors and you're kind of constrained by the space of the mall, you have a Sam Goody, which is trash and expensive. Horrible. Uh, and you have a Tower Records, which is similarly slightly less trash, but still. Or you could just go to a Best Buy that has everything. It has like, it has yeah, like well, twice is... as many albums. And then if you wanted to buy a fridge, you could do that too. By, you know? by I, the time you were of age, the mall had already evolved. Yeah, there was no Best Buy mall, in our time. Right. So I could go Back to in I our could, day. We didn't have best. <laughs> yeah. We just could, had best. I could go to the Best Buy and like browse in the video game department, and then kind of go a step over, and then there's an ocean of compact discs because we used to listen to compact discs. Uh, but you know, I I would go to a Sam Goody or something, and first off, everything would be like thirty percent more expensive. Everything would be more expensive, and uh, then what? You think then like a Best Buy, or I mean, uh, you know, so I could spend more money for less selection, uh, or I could go to a superior shopping experience. Now, the idea of just hanging out at a place that is intended for commerce, like at Mall Rats or Mean Girls, yeah, right, right. I like I totally sympathize with Shannon, uh, the Ben Affleck character in mall rats who you know he sees these guys just wandering around he's like you kids have no it's shopping agenda you've got nothing you know i i am very uh i am a i'm a i i'm not exactly a type a but i do kind of like this idea of going someplace with a purpose yeah i don't yeah no i like walking i love wandering it's wanderlust in jersey and you would go around it's a rite of passage right yes you know aside from baseball obviously uh for me uh, going to the malls was the great American pastime. And even before the teenage years, we'd go as a family. We'd go to church on Sunday, and then we would go to the Ocean County Mall, and then we'd all split up and say, okay, we'll meet you back here at 3 o'clock, and then just go wherever you want to go. At which point, I would probably go to Spencer's Gifts and look at the oh, extremely- Oh, the posters. The Heather posters. Locklear in the back yes, of Spencer's. There was, it, was, it, would, it would be, it would be po- I remember posters of uh, Kathy Lee Crosby from uh, Real People, and uh, and she was wearing a bit, you know, a swimsuit. Of course, the famous Farrah Fawcett one. Everybody remembers that one. But also Iron Maiden posters because it was always like a Brit RAF pilot, but he was a skeleton. And then if you go all the way to the back of Spencer's Gifts, that it was the completely inappropriate uh, adult-themed uh, the toys. The gag gift the, ga- the quote gag yeah. gift that I didn't understand what was happening Is that to where you a- saw your first personal massager? Yeah, I know, and uh, yes. And, uh, you know, things that you could put. There was like a two-person underwear, and they had a picture. I'm like, well, who would, why would anyone want to wear that? You know, and uh, anyway, explore that for a little bit, and then go to Hickory Farms and have a summer sausage. But no, sometimes they would have free samples over there, and then, you know, we'll get a slice of pizza, and then, uh, or, or get a pretzel from Hot Sam's, which was a place. Uh, and then, of course, there was movies. But when you got older, as you were saying, JVL, you know, you went there for movies, and then I'd go out, and then I'd go to a Burger King with friends and have, like, a double cheeseburger, because that was, like, the new thing, or a bacon cheeseburger. That was the new thing at the time. 
And then, of course, most importantly, um, was the arcade. God, I love the arcade. We talked about the arcade for Please. a minute. Please. Wasn't it the best? You mean it's like Street Fighter be there and you'd line up your quarter to get oh, in line yeah, to you, play uh, Street Were you Fighter one of those or... jerks when you got on the video on the, uh, on the video game, uh, the arcade uh, machine, you would line up the quarter say, sorry, I'm going to be here for the next two hours. You remember those guys? No, I. Oh, you didn't do that. In, in the arcades I frequented, the only you the only people lining up quarters were people lining up to play whoever the reigning champion wow. in the fighting okay. games. Right. And so, if you, I How would say you, you would know? get your ass kicked if you lined up like fifteen quarters <laughs> right. on rampage because no, you just wanted to keep playing. People did that. People would do that. And, you know, they'd line up the course. Like, Sorry, I'm going to be here for a while. Here's here's okay. I have a question. I have an arcade question. I I've been to. I like. I am almost. I'm slightly barely old enough to remember like. Maybe not the heyday of arcades, but like the Street Fighter Two Mortal Kombat era yes. of arcades. Um, Finish him. I have, I have. So there are definitely two different kinds at this time. There were two different kinds of arc- arcade games, right? You or maybe three. You had the you had the sh- the fighter games, right? Mm-hmm. Which were obviously like b- set up to be like winner uh, versus like the next guy, right? Like you had so you you know at at at, at, at if the if the arcade was working properly, you had like. Two people playing at all times. Correct. And then you have the kind of side scroller type games, Correct. Uh, like the Contras or whatever. You know, like the uh, Final Fight, Final Fight, or mm. uh, um, you know that that sort of thing. And then you have the shooter games, obviously. Another, another, but which are basically just a variation on the side scroller type games. Correct. Different now, input. But here's here's I guess my question on on arcade etiquette is why would it not be acceptable, like Vic said, to just line up a bunch of quarters and be like. I'm playing this, uh, again, Contra or whatever, until it's done. I'm playing this until I'm finished with it, even if I keep dying over and over again. That would be fine. So in games where it is a sort of narrative story game where you're you're continuing, Mm. that would be fine. In in a game where it is a discrete encounter and, like, you know, you're playing Pit Fighter. There are no, Mm -hmm. like, there's no continue. In a game where the end of it is the end, Oh. And there's no continuing. Mm-hmm. You can't just like say, "Oh, but I've got dibs for next." In a game where what you're doing is putting a quarter in to continue from the place you are, mm-hmm. perfectly acceptable. Now, what of, what about in the fighter game if you're trying to play all the way through to get to like Shang Tsung? That's a continue, right? Because yeah, otherwise you, you have to that. start at the bottom of the pyramid, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So if you die right. on level seven, yeah. you have to start again at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would have, be totally if fine. If I have ten seconds to go, good. I can use that next quarter that I had lined up, but then when I'm done, I'm done. Right. That would be but, fine. But if you're playing asteroids or something where well, it's people did that the too. finite thing, yeah. and that's it was not, like, well, that's not cool. You know, it just keeps on going, but that's okay. I mean, that was just understood that, okay, well, I guess I'll have to do something else. And then there were certain games, if you were a big spender, you could go do the, the sit-down Spy Hunter for 50 cents, <gasps> which was sit-down. And, and <laughs> I was terrible at that game. And, you know, I mean, there's the helicopter that's shooting at you with the rocket. And then, of course, there was the great, you know, the road would split. And either you stayed on the road or you went into a boathouse. Do you remember that? Yep. And all of a sudden... It's boat action, and I maybe that happened to me once in my entire life. But I was a huge. You got some boat action. I got some boat action. You got some boat action. Yes. Motorboat action. Yeah, no. <laughs> captain action. And uh, what I really loved was time pilot. That was my game. I just like that's right. You were time pilot. Time guy. pilot, frontline, and then frontline eventually evolved into like commando, which was a great game. And games like Russian Attack, and eventually became mm. things like Contra. But uh, and then there was, of course, those World War II themed games like 1941. Oh yeah, those were those fighter are pretty plane great, games. Yeah. I mean, once you got like bolts coming out of every orifice of the plane, you know, I mean, it's just mania. You ever, you ever yeah, it's just you know, it's just, oh, yeah. just, the oh, whole yeah. screen is filled. Plus, there's with super fire. checks. There's air hockey, right? Yeah. Oh air yeah, hockey yeah, and yeah. Super checks. These are all the that. things that make like the greatest. 
the, the arcade was the best. I love the arcade. The you know you want to talk about? You spent hours in an arcade. The hardest game I ever tried playing there, but I was kind of somewhat addicted to was there was a time where they started coming out with these um, animated video games. You know, like Dragon, Dragon Slayer. Slayer. <laughs> it started, started with Dragon Slayer, right? Not Dragon Slayer. Sorry, uh, Dragon space Slayer. Space Ace was the space. Yes, one? where yeah. wait, I don't understand. I don't. What do you, extremely when you say animated. So, what do you mean? It's a cartoon, animated cartoon. So these were games run off of a laser disc, essentially, uh-huh. and think of it as a giant thing of branching. So almost uh-huh. like a choose your own adventure, but they're so rudimentary that it would just you, the story would play. And then you'd get to a point where you had to act by just hitting the action button. And if you hit it fast enough, then one set of story, you went to one branch of the, the Laserdisc menus. If you hit it too slowly, you went to another branch. And if you hit it too slowly three times, the branch you were in wound up killing you. Well, there was also... But it looked like the future. Right. And, and That's there, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, there was another one. You would have you would have appreciated this one, Sonny. The, what, I, so I, I did not do well in those games. But there was one game called Cliffhanger. And you could find this on YouTube because somebody course has downloaded it or have it has a clip of it and that one is where you're actually moving your joystick you know like f- to Im- imitate the actions of the main hero dodging bullets or fighting ninjas and things so you know left right left right you have to memorize mm. that whole thing and and that's and you i got as far as the ninjas and then it's just you know a great action sequence and you end up getting killed and there's a jump button so it's like a regular video game but yeah. it's actual yeah cartoon. Those, those sound cliffhanger look into it those it was are, the best those all sound terrible and none of them sound nearly as good is the X Men arcade game? The X Men arcade yeah. game was fantastic. Did Great, you, you, that was fantastic. It. Were you a, in the early years of that? Were you a Gauntlet guy? Did you like Gauntlet? No, that <sighs> was too was before your time. I didn't like, I, yeah, it was a little bit. It was. I think that is a little bit before you, my you time. You were baby Sunny. I was definitely my my. I would say the only games that I played extensively, and when I say extensively, like meaning like almost to completion, but never completion because I would never spend more than like two dollars worth of quarters <laughs> at any given time. Uh, was uh, the the X Men arcade game, which was awesome, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, another another great love one. those four player games. love those the four yeah. player yeah, the four great. player team. like side scroller team action game yep. is like the height of the, the arcade genre. The Simpsons, the Simpsons arcade, the Simpsons yeah. arcade game was great, uh, and uh, the Terminator Two shooter game. That which oh. I don't know if you do. You guys ever Garbage. remember that garbage I, game? Are there two rifles for you? Yes. And yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you got the rocket button on the side. Yeah, that game. That game was pretty. That game was so good that I bought it for Super Nintendo, and I I used to play it all the time. I imagine though, in the arcade, you probably could pour through a lot of quarters. I mean, like mm. it's very intense, right? Mm. You're getting shot at from every yeah. direction. By intense, I mean random. The hardest. No, no, but it's not random. random. It all. It all. It there. It is. It is discrete patterns that you memorize. This is a uh, yes. Th- that's right. The hardest. The hardest part of that Terminator game was where you had to defend the truck. From the there was like a truck that they were trying to get to the. Was this based the, on Terminator Two? Yes. Oh, so this was the controversy, right? About shooting cops in the knees. Was that no, the one? No, no, no. Remember that story? That's, I don't know what that's yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That, People got upset that's from the movie because you were yeah, but you could be Arnold Schwarzenegger and then you had to shoot. I don't think that's them right. in the knees. That's not how I don't. Uh, well, maybe that maybe that was yeah. Maybe I, I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you didn't get that far. I mean, I well, I definitely. I mean, I beat the game a oh. million times at home, but you know. I guess maybe there was there was a sequence where you had to like shoot the the SWAT cops. Right. Yeah. I don't. That sounds like something people would get upset about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you would you know and you could spend so much time if you did well in the arcade. My friend Jose Hill claims that he spent so much time playing Cubert and had a huge crowd around him because he just kept on winning that he had to go to the bathroom so badly when he finally lost uh, he peed blood. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what he said. But it was worth it. I'm sure he got a high score. I would just like to point out that we're talking about an actual store in the mall where you go to have like a discreet experience, yes. which again sounds like a lot of fun. But I would definitely do not this. Not a discreet experience. But I would definitely. I, you're window shopping like, within the arcade. Sometimes you're you don't know what you're going to play when you go there. Sometimes you don't play anything. That's right. Sometimes you just want your friends. Sometimes you're just sticking your finger to see if anyone left a quarter God, inside oh, the machine <laughs> if you were desperate. God love her. So my brother, sister, and I would go into the arcade, and my sister, a long suffering little sister, would during the winter months would stand there and patiently hold our big heavy down jackets while my brother and I poured quarters into like the X-Men game and would never would never want to play she just sit there patiently oh. shaking her head god bless god Molly. bless her that's that that is true that is true um, well that was a wonderful trip down memory lane for uh, so wait, wait, go ahead. wait wait wait, wait yeah please what is all right so what it was what were your uh Victor yes yes Sonny Victorino yes Sonny uh, what was Lessons. your favorite store in the mall all right all right uh good question uh it'd have to be the arcade that was where i went okay. i mean i didn't you know i mean if i went okay. shopping I, i'd go to camelot records and look at the vinyl and see what i can i remember what's vinyl yeah i remember when i walked in as an 11 year old and the entire front of camelot records was covered with a new uh posters of a new album of a, a little baby with angel wings and a smoking a cigarette that would be Van Halen, 1984, and then uh, Quiet Riot was another big one that just plastered the windows with Quiet Riot at the time. Hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, you'd go in there and see what's up, or buy your blank. You got to get your Maxell tapes because you know they were the best for oh, the blank tapes. Certainly, you want to make <laughs> you want to make, make a mixtape mix for yeah, the girl you tape. like in seventh grade. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Yeah, I, I, did you I get the Maxell gold? No, or did I you, did gold, you tell yes. how much you like the girl by which level Maxell tape <laughs> yeah, yeah. you bought? I believe I gave it on? to my sister. Did you? Uh, <laughs> did you? Did you have one of the two tape decks? Where you? Oh, you the double? Like, yeah, yeah. Early on, no, 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 no. You, I think that came later on. Up to that you that up is to that, that yeah. is high tech. That yeah. is high tech. Yeah. I I remember having before I got a double deck sitting there with a stereo receiver plugged in. Waiting, like I knew there'd be a song I wanted on a mixtape, and so I would sit there waiting with my finger poised on the record button for the song to play on the radio, so I could record it. Yes, off of the radio onto the mixtape, and so it, you, sometimes you'd have like the DJ talking. Oh, that's the, the worst intro. because yeah, oftentimes yeah, yeah. DJs will, as they say, hit the wall or hit the fence, and they'll they they won't stop as the music begins. They'll just stop when the vocal begins. But sometimes those vocalists go in for 10, 15 seconds. Very annoying. Back yeah. in the day. But back in the day, but most of those... Vic, as, did did as, you become a man at the mall? <laughs> yes, it was in the arcade. It was in, <laughs> it, it was at the... Uh, what, what was the one for the deep sea one? You know, you had to go inside oh, the a booth. <laughs> what was that one with a, your torpedo? You know, yeah, yeah. I learned about the torpedo in there. No, what was Jonathan, it? Jonathan, yeah, what was your favorite? store favorite store i like the gap really like but see it all depends on what age so like when i was 13 i loved going into kb and oh yeah uh, still, you know look for fun toys to get and stuff to do uh, as i get older i'd like going to the gap and pick up like a new braided belt maybe maybe a cool t-shirt or something like that uh then when i got older i liked going to tower and you know again i was at a huge advantage because my my best friend still my best friend was a rich kid whose mom would just give him 20s as if it was like totally cool because he had like like a new a new music budget, so just a budget every week for him to like go out and just that you is know, pretty cool. Like wow. uh, Rolling yeah. Stone had the Rolling Stone editors picks for hot new band coming out of Iceland said that this you know these sugar cubes uh, people frontlined by this weird girl named Bjork were going to be hot. So he'd be like, oh, I go out and buy the new Sugar Cubes album just to see what's going on with it. Huh. Uh, I mean, imagine yeah. being thirteen years old and being yeah. able to buy CDs just on spec. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty great. So I yeah. would I would have to wait until there were at least three popular songs. 
right. from an so album. Oh, and then oh. I would be like, okay, now I can now buy, I can try now I can buy Bush's 16 Stone. This is <laughs> now that Machine Head is a big hit, I can buy that album. No, you constantly found yourself yeah. scanning the back about all, all these songs and all these different tracks. Yeah. Like, do well, I, I like this? Well, them. Yeah, right. exactly, because you know you could end up with what? That's how I ended up with the Escape Club's Wild Wild West. <laughs> but trust me, it's not worth yeah. it. And the, and uh, the movie theater, the movie theater was. I mean, people don't appreciate. Now that you have awesome 22-screen, 30-screen multiplexes, going to a theater with six screens where you had to know, okay, so you'd get to the mall and you'd see, okay, so the movie I want to see is three hours from now. I have three hours to kill. Uh, it was sort of fun. Like, you know, the first dates I went on were, you know, like the Sharon Hinsky we met and went and saw The Princess Bride at the Echelon Mall movie theater and then went and had, like, no kidding, like cookies from the Chocolate Chip Cookie Company or whatever, the, the great Aww, cookie company. That's very the, sweet. So this was, like, it was great. It was, yeah. it was a great shared space, and it was that's, indoors. It's just, and this is also interesting. Awesome. And I lament that my children won't be able to be raised in a mall. Yeah, it's not this like This is that. also interesting and foreign to me. I just don't, under, I don't understand it. Like, I, I can literally count on one hand the number of times I went to see a movie at the mall. The only time, the one time, I can count on one finger. Wow. That was because the, it was the the only theater in near Stafford County, Virginia, that was playing, again, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's Dogma oh, was, right. the, was the Fredericksburg Mall. And that so I went there to go watch it. And that was the only time I had ever been into a mall uh, until very, re- I think I saw, I think I saw, uh, uh, the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter movie at the Potomac Mills Mall, <laughs> and like uh, between those like twenty years, I don't think I I don't think I saw it? a movie at a mall because I just I, I would go to That's, a multiplex. Yeah, when I came back to uh, when I when I, you know coming back to Tom's River, of course, uh, there were no more theaters that were connected to the malls. I don't think uh, they were all separate standalones now. You know, uh, yeah. like right. a- AMC or whatever like right. that. I saw I went on a double date to see the movie Satisfaction. Satisfaction starring. You know who was? It was a Justin Bateman. Very ding, ding, good. Ding. Oh, JVL for the win. And who was the secondary character in her? In her, who was a, a minor actress in that movie? She, Justine Bateman, got top billing. Right. You're not going to believe it. Julia Roberts. No. Yeah, Julia. And then they wow. repurposed it for like TV. They gave it a new name, like called like Girls of Summer, starring Julia Roberts, like after Pretty Woman. <laughs> Shameless. Eh, that was wonderful. Perfect. The only yes. mall store I liked was Another Universe at the Springfield Mall. What was that? Here in, here in, it was like a comic book store. It was like a super comic book store. It was like, yeah. and I would, I would, that was the only one I I also ever... went to B. Dalton's. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. We had Heroes World. We had a oh. giant comic book store in almost all of our malls in South Jersey. Yeah. Those we were not. also right. Yeah. There were no comic book stores at the, at, at the Ocean County Mall. I went to B. Dalton's. Or Walden Books again, like great bookstores at the time. Again, once again, like this, this sort of store that is has was made totally obsolete in the in the early to mid nineties, but with Borders and yeah, Barnes and that's Noble right. And All that stuff, most of that stuff is gone. Although, as uh, as Jonathan sent us this link to uh, the uh, story in Bloomberg called "Your Local Mall Is Dying." Uh, apparently there are some places where the mall continues to thrive and that most of the shutdowns are going on in very specific regions. So, uh, for example, in the story at Bloomberg, it says Sears is closing seven Kmart stores in Kentucky compared to four in California. Eight Sears stores are closing in Ohio, Pennsylvania, only one in Texas. So it really is, depending on where you are, either it's dead or you can continue on trying to live the dream. I also wondered with the... Uh, um, you know, we used to go to arcades, and what do the kids do now? I'm, I'm guessing kids just hang out at Starbucks. You think? Is that what kids do? Well, they they hang out online where they play their yeah. video games oh. over the over oh. the mm-hmm. over the internet, mm-hmm. Snapchat. When they're not sexting, mm-hmm. with their yeah, you, when the not. YouTubes. 
<laughs> when they're not having their sex parties. When they're not, uh. yeah, when they're not like flashing each other and. Well, uh, deadmalls.com. I, I encourage oh, right. anybody who likes this sort of thing, go to dead. It is a nearly encyclopedic catalog of failing malls in America. Yeah, and it is, there are many. It's really it's interesting to see, especially if you grew up with some of these places. I have watched many of my childhood malls uh, fade away or be repurposed. One of them, the Echelon Mall, actually they had demolished half of it. They knocked down half of it and pushed the, most of the anchors out. And now they tried to make it into a mixed-use residential and I... I don't know how successful it's been. Uh, yeah. But no, like everything else in modern America, this is a case of the rich getting richer. Like That's if right. you're out into Tyson's, the Tyson's oh. Mall outside of D.C. is like the biggest thing you've ever seen. It's enormous and it's incredibly well-to-do. And it's this is where people from the capital and the Hunger Games sense of the word go to do all of their shopping. But if you're someplace else out there in, you know, more rural America, places where there used to be malls, those things are dying. And it's... It's actually it caused a problem because a lot of cases, like real infrastructure, was laid in around the malls, not just like sewer systems that need to keep being maintained and power systems, but right. like uh, like roads. We had a real problem in, in uh, the Springfield Mall, mm-hmm. which almost died. The Springfield mm-hmm. Mall came within like an inch of dying yeah, yeah. here in Washington D.C. And it is at the major crossroads of 495, which is the Capitol Beltway, and I-95, the uh, major corridor. Yeah. The mixing bowl. The yeah. mixing bowl, so right. Mixing and so it's this giant mall, and it, it really nearly went under. And imagine if it had. Somebody got murdered there. It was like oh, it yeah. was it was creepy. There were like entire wings of the mall that were shut down. I think their occupancy rate was down to twenty yeah. percent. So I think it was eighty yeah, percent yeah. vacant for a truly giant space. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so just imagine if that had gone under, like all of those roads around there, which were built just to house the mall. Like what what happens with all yeah, of that? It's a lot of space. Yeah. It's a real problem. But it is worth pointing out that they have really resurrected that Springfield Mall into the Springfield Town Center type yes. thing. I go there. I I go there. I went there just this weekend. I also got some new socks that I'm wearing right now at the Springfield Town Center. I went to to uh, one of the stores there, um, and they have like totally kind of redeveloped and redesigned and rethought it as a place where you go for like uh, mid to high casual dining. You know, yep. you've got your your Magianos and your Yard House oh, and nice. that sort of yeah. thing. Um, but they also have a Saxoff Fifth and a Nordstrom Rack, so it's like slightly nicer clothes, but no, not it's like upscale. Yeah, but but not like you know, it's not a Sax, it's not a Nordstrom. It's like you know, right? So it, it like I, they've done a really good job of kind of revitalizing that whole thing by by putting in a Target instead of a Sears, right? Right. You know, I mean, J.C. Penney's. That was the Ocean County Mall. The anchors were Bamberger's, which then became Macy's, uh, Sears, and J.C. Penney. And at the time, you know, those shops, those stores were on top of the world. Yeah. What is interesting to me is what has happened. So when when a mall really works, when it's good, down where I live uh, in Virginia, we have the Potomac Mills Mall, which you know all yeah, about. Yeah. And the Potomac Mills Mall was so successful that it attracted around it. It is now ringed by, I want to say, seven very large strip centers. Yes. All of which are very successful. Yes. And then on the other side of the strip centers now, there's one of these giant mixed-use uh, places called the Stonebridge Center, which is like an outdoor mall concept with a little bit of residential concept. Mm. And so the Potomac Mills Mall actually has anchored this entire expanse of retail. Right. And it's really impressive and interesting. And they all seem to thrive basically together. It all works. They don't cannibalize one another. Yeah. So when the mall works, it can still succeed. But the, the problem is things are changing. I actually wonder... I mean, this is the eternal question. How much pressure does internet commerce put on all this stuff? And how? And this is why so many of them become like dining experiences or video game experiences. Mm-hmm. Do you buy clothes? Do you ever buy, how often do you buy clothes on the internet? Because I find like I'd rather 
see if it fits me before just look besides looking at numbers before I buy. The only thing I buy online are like Brooks Brothers shirts or like something you have I, that something down. I know like yeah. I know the exact yeah. measurements that yeah. fit me yeah. and like I know what fits I like and that sort of thing. I buy everything online and if I'm undecided on the size, I will buy two of them in the different sizes just and just return send one. back the one I don't want. Wow. Hmm. There you go. I used to go to Structure. That's where I did most yes. of the Structure. <laughs> and you were in high school dra- at the time. Did I was you wear Dracar Noir? I, I did, but at separate times, <laughs> oh, Jonathan. Geez. It's not Structure and... I think if I, if Power of the Black. That's you, what I used to say. The Power of the Black. When, when, when I structure, used to wear... If I wore Dracar, that was probably when Structure was still Chess King. When Structure... <laughs> wait, Structure had a name before Structure? I, in my mall, it was Chess King, and then it became Structure, and then it became Express for Men. What was Chess King? It was kind of, you know, I mean, it, was it, it, a store it. for men. I dare you to say I was, it. I was gonna say what kind of men, Vic? Oh, oh, well, well Express for Men was... Uh, chess King, Metrosexual. Vic. What oh, sort of men was, was Chess I King for? Chess King was wider men. I don't know. Was that just me? I thought they were bulky stuff, and then it, it got narrower and narrower and narrower as you is evolved it, into Express wait, is for it, Men. is it chess very or chest? Chess. Chess. Like, chess, like the game? Who's for your people, Vic? Wait, which people would that be? Large the, people? No, oh. more of the... Italian American oh, persuasion. I wouldn't know that. They go to Armani Exchange. I was now. Surra- I surrounded by my peeps. Right, I, I was saying this was, this was everybody that you. I wouldn't have known. Everybody you grew up with. I'm That's sure. Funny, chess, chess king. king. Yeah, of course. Wow, you learn something every day. Now, uh, something about yourself. Every something day. you know. <laughs> this kind of this See, podcast. You go to the mall to learn about yourself. Yeah, you yeah. do. Thank you. This is a very special edition that, uh, of, of, the, of the, the, substandard. the substandard. That's right. Mall is a great place for self-discovery. <laughs> okay. Uh, Especially the arcade, Vic. Moving, moving right along. Believe it or not, we got a sponsor. In fact, it's a great sponsor. It's Audible. Every book you can imagine. Uh, I've been listening to a bunch. It's terrific. In fact, I go all the way back to the books on tape days. You know, I'd pop it into my cassette in my Mitsubishi Montero, and I'd be listening to whatever in order to get me to New Jersey in three and a half or four hours. And then after we got married and had kids, we'd be driving all the way up to Connecticut, which is should be five hours, but in fact takes eight hours. So how do you get through that time? By listening to Audible. They've got every book you could imagine. There are books for the kids to listen to and you to enjoy. For example, the Harry Potter books. And there are books that are absolutely gripping. Thrillers take, for example, one of my favorites from Audible is World War Z. That'll have you terrified. And then you really want to get to Connecticut as soon as possible. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. Just go to audible.com slash weekly standard and browse their unmatched selection of audio content. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. For example, I was talking about World War Z, but they have also have Ready Player One, which is going to be a Spielberg movie very soon, and The Martian. And it's supposed to be fantastic, and I can't listen, wait to listen to all of them. I almost want to go to Connecticut to visit my in-laws just to listen to these books on Audible. Go to audible.com slash weekly standard. And thank you, Audible, for sponsoring the Substandard. Um, uh, we're continuing with the sad news, Jonathan. You uh, you sent us a note over the weekend of some very sad news of the passing of, of a legend. Tell us about it. Jimmy Superfly Snooker passed away. This was not a surprise uh, when he was had his murder verdict reversed a couple weeks ago. It turns out that the, the, the part of the plea was, you know, this man has mere weeks to live. <laughs> When that happened, I emailed a friend of mine, a friend of the show, Adam White, and I said, clearly that's a work. You know, he's he's perfectly healthy, but he's pretending to be catatonic and on death's door. And it turns out it was uh, was a straight shoot. 
It's, it's real. <laughs> it was, did, you, it was, did you know what he it was? was it was not kayfabe. What was he dying of? Did you know? Uh, I don't I don't recall. Re- wrestler issues like no, no, he's brain, very old. Heart. He's in his 70s. Uh, the wow. Superfly made it very, very... And Superfly is one of our childhood greats. The Superfly yes, Junkyard So dog. what you're saying is that Superfly was old... When he was great already, he was not a young guy. He's uh, in the 70s now. Well, he, was a, he was great yeah, like no, he 35 years ago. But wow. he, he was when he was at his height for us yeah. in the WWE days, yeah. flying. Mm-hmm. He was in his. He was the age you are now, Vic. <laughs> I feel like the wrestler. So go ahead and look in the mirror. Do you yeah. look like Superfly? Nah, I feel like Mickey Rourke. <laughs> anyway. So, so like on. Rowdy Roddy Piper is now dead. Uh, this is this yeah. is a funny thing I learned about him as reading up on Superfly. I remember his famous feud with Roddy Piper when Roddy Piper he came into the Piper's pit and Roddy broke the coconut over his the head. The Piper's pit, uh, which was what? what? I, well, I'm saying you should explain it to the people what the Piper's pit was. No. So, WWE in their broadcast used to have little. Uh, what would you even call these? Little put-on interviews <laughs> of interviews. <laughs> yes, and so yes. Brutus the Barber Beefcake had, what was his, the barber, the barber shop, shop. Uh, where he would do interviews. Yeah. The most famous of these was Piper's Pit, where Brody Piper would have people on. And he got into a feud with Jimmy Snuka, and they went back and forth. It was a great feud. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Snuka disappeared and was replaced by the Tonga Kid, who was his, his nephew. Yes, because Jimmy himself was a Tonga guy. He was Tongese. He was, right? Well, he's from Fiji, but <laughs> Fiji, yes. Yeah. He was from the Isle yeah. of Fiji, Close Tonga, enough for whatever. So the uh, I remember even at the time thinking, boy, this Tonga kid feels like a cheap knockoff. This is no good. But I was worried what happened to Superfly because evidently the problem was that Roddy Piper had broken his neck by by hitting him with a chair. And now I learned all these years later it was now he went to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> he uh. like hit him with a bell or something, wasn't he? He like drove his head into a. That's oh, Ricky. Yeah. That's or Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the oh, Macho okay. Man Randy Savage. Okay. And, all of these guys are dead, right? Yeah. So Roddy Piper's <laughs> dead. Exactly. Ricky, like, Ricky, Ricky the Dragon, he's not dead, is he? Ricky Steamboat, I, I think, still alive. Yeah. David Shoemaker, who now writes for The Ringer, yeah. used to write for Grantland. He was the Masked Before that, man. wrote for, the, for Deadspin yeah, and yeah. wrote a tremendous book on this, which I reviewed for The Wall Street Journal, and I encourage everybody who's interested in wrestling to go by. It's called The Squared Circle. I'll link to it in show notes. Uh he he used to do Dead Wrestlers of the Week and these little mini portraits of the, and they were just beautiful and moving and uh, his book is great and it's filled with all sorts of fantastic stuff mm-hmm. like for instance that it was a great moment in sort of racial uh, <laughs> racial progress in America when wrestling promoters felt safe to have African American wrestlers be heels. And not baby faces, because in the early days, if you had a black wrestler, he always had to be a baby face because the promoters were worried that a, a black heel might really incite the crowd and turn, have them turn violent. Oh, and so when they felt like like the rest of, you know, like Southern America wrestling fans were ready to accept blacks as heels without actually hating them, like that was a real step forward. Do for, we know who the first who was the first black heel? Uh, I'm sure it's in the Shoemaker book, and I, I have to go back. And Sorry, I, I always feared Kamala, right? That Kamala, the Ugandan oh, yeah. giant. Gi- he, he terrified me, but you couldn't actually see. I mean, he was always Remember wearing his great feud with Jake the Snake. That, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Jake the Snake, who is still alive. Yeah, he, was it? Was he one of the guys who like got he was in that Diamond great documentary? Dallas Page. I think like, Diamond Dallas Page may have saved yeah. his life. Yeah, he's in that phenomenal yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, much like much like in in, in a lot of movies and in pop culture, I always favored the villains 
over the the heroes in wrestling. I don't know about you. Certainly in the WWF days. So I mean, Hulk Hogan was great, but I always was much more amused by Rowdy Roddy Piper. And the same thing with the same thing with the non wrestlers like Mr. Fuji, Fiji, Mr. Fuji, Mr. Fuji, Mr. Fuji, Fuji Bobby who, the Brain Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and I believe uh, Freddie Blassie. I don't think he was a good guy. Blassie, I think Classy, Freddie Blassie, Classy Freddie Blassie, and and uh, and uh, those guys, Mr. I, Perfect. I, Yes, Mr. Perfect, and and even you know who I, I also was terrified by George, George the Animal Steel, uh, but I don't think he was really a bad guy. He the just only misunderstood. wrestler with body hair. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, they they kept it. They were too scared to tell him to take it off. And who was his love interest? Right, uh, the lovely Miss yeah. Elizabeth, there you go. who died at the house of Lex Luger. I remember when that first hit. It was just a Lex it's Luger amazing. also now Lex gone. It's such a dark time. universe. But when this happened, like I just thought to myself, this is it. Sounds again like a shoot. Like yeah, this yeah. sounds like a, a storyline from yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Absolutely. Uh, I remember George the Animal Steel eating the turnbuckle. Yes, that was his move. He was coming. Eating. <laughs> He'd eat the turnbuckle and the stuff would fly. Sonny, what great. was so you were were you a WCW Nitro guy? Were you a WWF Raw guy? So growing up I was definitely I watched WWF. I went to a live WWF event in like 91 or 92. Yeah, who'd like, you see? It was the main event, I'm pretty sure was Ric Flair versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. I think. That's awesome. Which was, but I, I, I'll i be honest, it's all kind of a haze to me. I mean, it, but this was, it was definitely back when the Rockers were still together. So it was like, it must have been like early, I don't know, 90, 91, 90, something like that. And I was definitely, so I was definitely a, a WWF guy growing up. I, even though I lived in Florida, which was kind of WCW territory, you know, it was the, the Southern uh, circuit or whatever. Um in the Monday Night Roar, the Monday Night Wars, I was definitely at first a WWF guy when I got to watch it. It actually came on kind of late for the Bunch household, like a 9 p.m. start time on USA was like that's oof. yeah that's, that's that is uh, a big ass yeah, on a Monday yeah, yeah. Uh, on a Monday right <laughs> on a school night starting you know? your school <laughs> so you're behind you're so, playing right, catch up the whole yeah. school week and yeah. the best part is when you go to bed you're still thinking about yeah, it. yeah yeah so but uh, I definitely switched allegiances when Hulk Hogan. Switched when Hulk Hogan went to the WCW. That was like a big moment for me. When he was a bad guy in the WCW, it was the greatest thing I'd ever. This is the first time I think that the like case for the Empire type of like (laughs) thing because Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was always a good guy, even if he was a bad guy with a fake black, you know, uh, beard and like throwing good guys through windows or whatever. He was still the good guy, even if he's being, even if he's playing the bad guy. He's still the good guy. Uh, so I was, but I, you know, it, 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 my thing with wrestling growing up was always, uh, you know, what are the life lessons that we can learn from wrestling? And the biggest life lesson I learned from wrestling was taught when Shawn Michaels kicked Marty Jannetty <laughs> through the plate glass window <laughs> in Brutus's barbershop and destroyed him and destroyed his career in one, one fell quick kick to the face through the glass. Uh, in that lesson is never trust anyone. <laughs> Never, ever trust anyone. They will betray you for their own gain in a, at a moment's notice, at the drop of the hat. You should have taught you another lesson, too, Sonny. In any partnership, there can only be one star. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm looking at you, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we all know who's coming out of the substandard with a, you Uh-oh. know. I have a bad feeling about this. Podcast contract. Just at, uh, saying. 
Remember Captain Lou Albano? Remember Captain, Captain Lou Albano? He had a rubber band on his face. <laughs> a little bit. All over before, his face. Again, a little bit before yeah. my time. Oh, and yeah. He and he was a big deal because of Cindy Lauper. Girls go, right. just want to have fun. Video. And there was a riot that broke out. Yes, that's right. He had that great cameo in the video, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And then they had that big uh, fight that broke out. Um, during a wrestling uh, match, and Captain Lou was there, and then Cindy Lauper was there, and then Cindy Lauper's like male friend manager got hit by a chair, and just you know, it was it was chaos. But for me, I always felt, you know, when you're a kid, you like to believe these things, <laughs> like to believe these things are real, and then you know, you become disillusioned. But I remember, um, I loved uh, Sergeant Slaughter. I thought he was great, and he would fight against. The Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik or maybe Nikolai Volkov also, Both. right? Both. It would work. It would yeah. work. It would work. America had no shortage of enemies in the they, 1980s. They did not. But do you remember? Ne- neither of them. I, they were neither Iranian nor Russian. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably what? You know, Armenian, you know, Jewish. They're both from maybe. New Jersey. Oh, they're from Jersey. <laughs> you know, but, the, uh, uh, but then, of course, uh, Sergeant Slaughter had this turnaround after they Remember, he became an Iraq war. Yes. For the, for that, because, and that was just terrible. And that was, well, that was, but of course, he, and he had a short run on G.I. Joe. It was like, what's happening here? You know? That was, he, he followed William the Refrigerator Perry. That's as right. A special G.I. Joe guy that That's you have right. to send the away French, for yeah. to get. The French. Right. That's really In the steps of Boba Fett. Yeah. And Sergeant Slaughter was like, was he introduced in the G.I. Joe movie? Where they they sent the new guys to the boot camp. Um, he, I, I think, I, he, I might Sergeant be wrong. Slaughter I don't know. I might have yeah. existed. I wasn't before, sure. And then okay. he came onto the cartoon. Right. I think is what happened. Well, no, he was definitely yeah. real before. He was quote real before the you know the cartoon. Truth is, Sergeant Slaughter is a totally mediocre wrestler. Or just just yeah. qua, well, qua yeah. wrestler. But this Sergeant is like Slaughter but never this, really generated the heat. That but this is like saying that Hulk Hogan is a mediocre wrestler. Yes, he's technically not terribly. No, proficient, I mean as a figure. I mean like everything like, about Sergeant Slaughter isn't quite as good as it should have been. That's right. Yeah. I am sure that we could even go uh, much longer if we had our other friend here, uh, longtime listener Matt Labash, who is also a big can I tell Matt Labash Von Eric story? fan? Yes. So Labash. Were you here for this, Victorino? Remind me. Laybash was doing a story on Christian wrestling uh, right. 15 years ago, 16 years ago. And I'm sitting, when I was fact-checking, I'm sitting at my desk fact-checking, and Laybash comes running over to me in the middle of the day. He goes, come here, come here, come here, come here. you got to come to my office. you got to come to my office. you got to hear this. So we go into his office. He puts his phone on speaker, dials in his voicemail, and hits play. And on the message, you hear, Hey, Matt Labash. This is Ted DiBiase returning your phone call, and it is the Ted DiBiase. It is his voice, like the it is the his million dollar man. <laughs> and it was the great. I everybody's hope, got his everybody's price. got his price. I hope <laughs> that Matt still has that. And it, actually, the Labash's piece on this, I'll link to this in show notes. His piece on Christian wrestling is so it's vintage Labash and really great. This yeah. whole subculture of he he has a long uh, uh, there's a long stretch there on the Von Erichs. As a matter of fact, which is a tragic story. Yeah. So it's definitely worth checking out and definitely worth putting in show notes. Uh, do you have any other thoughts right now? Uh, no. I think okay. we're... I, I will put in show notes, like anybody who likes wrestling writing, which I think is a lot of people actually. Yeah, it's yeah, one of these yeah, subjects sure. which the truth is everybody kind of likes and everybody's also a little bit afraid to admit it. Right. Uh, I will put a cache of really great things to read. And so. you, you got to put Max Landis's. I'll put Max yeah. Landis. Uh, and there's a Texas video. Monthly piece on the Van, the Von Erich family, which is yeah. 17,000 words and is amazing. Go to show notes, people. Go to show notes. Yeah, go. It'll be up on probably Thursday or Friday, weeklystandard.com. Do we have corrections? 
I don't for once. Oh, I, I think mm. I've do. got nothing. I had one. I actually did have one this week. I had one. Uh, I said that the kingdom uh, was released in 2004 is actually released in 2007. Okay. I actually have no corrections. I have two, two clarifications. extensions, clarifications. Our colleague Jim Swift says that in Eurotrip, which we talked about because of Matt That's Damon, right. he said all the kids were from Hudson, Ohio, which is a real place, which made that movie a cult classic in Cleveland. Ah, who knew? Uh, Right up there with and uh, Major League. Sunny, we have a new review up on iTunes Ooh. from MZ792, who titles his, her, it review. It's fine. It's a good review. <laughs> and what does he say? What does and it says, say? insightful, humorous, and authentic look at culture. M dash. Sunny is the best worst. <laughs> best slash worst. <laughs> no, not, not slash. Best worst. Best all worst. one word. Okay. You know best what? Worst. I like that. It's not I wrong. Love it. It is not wrong at all. Uh,. That's all I have. Okay, cool. Our spirit of the week. We got a good one. We might just keep this one until the bottle is empty after uh, every episode. Uh, this is a, we are drinking a Woodford Reserve today. One of the great bourbons of all time. It's a classic Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, um, courtesy of the Distilled Spirits Council. So many thanks to our friends over there. Sonny, did you like it? Yeah, this is definitely one of the original like premium bourbons. I remember drinking yeah. this when I was in college and being like, wow, this is so much better than Jim Beam, yeah, which and, is all and I And more expensive, too. Yeah, right. Well, it was expensive, which is why I never bought it. You know, now it's kind of like almost a mid-tier. Isn't that you know, weird? It's, it's like, the same it's thing like, with Makers. Yeah, I used to yeah. think Makers was you know, right. top Makers shelf. used to be, I mean, Makers was, that that was your top Top shelf bourbon. You had Makers. You had Woodford. You had like Knob Creek. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you had like the super expensive. You, you know what I? You know what I remember is uh, doing interviews with my vodka book. I went to uh, the Jim Beam. They make vodka too. But you know, I, after I was done talking about the vodka stuff, I said, "Well, tell me about the the, the Jim Beam uh, Bourbon Empire." And they own Makers Mark. And I said, "You know, it's so funny." I said to the guy. Um, it used to be that, you know, Makers was, oh, a top shelf, and like a few people would get it. It's, it was more expensive than the other bourbons. And suddenly, without changing the price, everybody's getting Makers Mark. Everybody's yeah. spending more on bourbon. He goes, well, that just means you have to find another top shelf uh, product uh, part of our empire as well. Yeah. So <laughs> just continue on. You oh, know? Yeah. There's always other ones to make. Yeah. Um, I mean, bourbon is yeah. such, bourbon's such a weird product because it takes so long to make that it's hard to, you Beautiful know, ride years. those. Yeah, yeah. Those um, okay, great. And... That's all the time I believe we have on this week's episode of you know, the Substandard. We like don't. These podcasts will go as long as you want them. I know why <laughs> you say that at the true. end of every we episode. Come up with a different exit strategy. No, no, it's over. to our iTunes It's page. over. <laughs> Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at VictoriNomadis, at SunnyBunch, at JVLast about don't how JV great last. that outro is. Don't. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, just type in the substandard in our podcasts, and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Until next time. You, you forgot to mention. Can I tell it? The Shannon Doherty Can story. I tell my Mallrats story? Yeah. Go for it. Do you guys remember this? Am I repeating something? Have you heard this? I have heard this I story before, already. but nobody who is listening right now has heard okay. it. So and I forgot fine. it, so go for it. Uh, so this is another White House correspondence Dinner story, because this is where all of my good stories come from. <laughs> Uh, it is, it's got to be 15 years ago because it's right before I got married. I was at, I think what is the last correspondence center I went to because this thing was so great and so epic that I just never went back because nothing could get better. And I'm at the Bloomberg after party. And so it's now like one or two in the morning and it's at the Russian, what, what is that place? Russia house. Russia house. Is or that no, the Russia house? Russia house. It was, 
Russia I, I, House I remember, is up Connecticut. I remember I couldn't get in under the name Fred Barnes. That's what I remember. <laughs> so I did get in, and as I'm getting in, Rich Eisen is getting turned away next to me. And yeah, I, I was say, next to him. That was next, that's why Rich I, Eisen and I got turned away. And I turned to the woman who's telling Rich Eisen he can't go in, and I say, you got to let this guy in. Don't you know who he is? He's Rich Eisen. And this lady said, I don't know who he is or care who he is. He ain't on the list. He ain't getting in. And Rich said, thanks, man. I said, sorry, buddy. So I wicks my way inside. Inside, it is basically like the orgy from Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> Everybody who is on staff always there knew it. is wearing like nothing but black and wearing masks over their faces so that you can't even see the faces of the people who are like serving you drinks because you, know, you don't want to be distracted by them. They don't matter. And it's one of these insane, like, you know, I meet Harrison Ford. I hang out with him. I Matt Drudge is there. You were, I, you were doing shots with who again? Doing yeah. shots with Jeff Tubin and Viet Din, who was in the yeah. Clinton administration. And then, Bush administration. Viet Din was Bush. Was he Bush administration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then late in the night, I wind up at the bar, and I'm getting another drink. And I turn, and standing next to me is Shannon Doherty. And so Matt Labash, who taught me how to talk to celebrities, I, I followed Matt's script. I said, hey, Shannon Dory, Jonathan Last from the Weekly Standard. Love your work. And then I introduced a thoughtful detail, which is what Labash does. And I, I said, I really thought that your monologue in Mallrats, where you were moving the pieces of furniture around while you're giving your talk, was just a, a phenomenal piece of actually work and really, for me, the high point of that movie. And she stopped. She said... Geez, thank you. That's very nice of you. And so we just sat and hung out for like a really long time. We got drinks. We sat down and talked. She's a rabid conservative. Yeah. Very, she may not be anymore. Maybe the Bush years have pushed her away from that. But uh, she was she was very pleasant, very well read. You know, read, reads the New York Times, Wall Street Journal every morning. Totally a ton of fun. And I, huge Shannon Doherty fan. Uh, just period, even more so after that. And so... Even more horrified when, you know, of course, Shannon Doherty is fighting this horrible uh, case of breast cancer. And it, it just reminds us that time can be unkind to all of us. And I'm sure if Shannon Doherty could see me today, she would say, well, you look terrible, too. Especially uh, in those jeans. Yeah, she wouldn't be wrong. I mean, she would She see, would not be wrong. I've been turned into a monster by time. And, she would but see, God bless Shannon Doherty, and I hope she kicks cancer's ass. She would see your Prada jeans and be like, you know, I don't like it when people in Beverly Hills wear this nonsense. I don't understand why you... DC area journalists are wearing leather uh, assless chap I, type pants. That's redundant. Chaps are by definition assless. Everybody always <laughs> says assless chaps to make a point, but they're they're being it, redundant. It's the kind of jeans that Brian Green would have wore on her uh, old show nine hundred two and zero. Brian, I'm just saying, it's Shannon the sort of jeans awesome. that Brian Bosworth would have worn. You know, as he's oh, like prancing up and boss. down. The you know he's going that to his great ads. movie. That great movie about the boss. Hey, Sonny, want to go hiking this weekend? Well, no, I want to wear my Prada jeans in the house and just kind of sit there. <sighs> anyway, Shannon Doherty's awesome, and you know, pray for her, and God bless her, and I hope she kicks cancer's ass. I was doubtful that this show would be a success, by the way, as as I told you guys. You at were lunch, the, you were really down before you I were, was, and you, you were know, doing your best to weigh us down. And the negative vibes were yeah. so and yet here powerful. we turned in. I think probably oh, yeah. the greatest of oh. fifty minutes of podcasting that has ever. Well, since done. this is obviously our last episode, then right. yeah, I'm glad yeah. we're ending on a high note. Yeah. So what you're saying is what? I'm sure it's fine. 